from the perspective of what you are developing and what we are developing, we are hiring for a long-term purpose. Like we are not hiring for what we can do in the next two weeks or two months. My thought process, like I'm hiring this person for the next two years, at least. We want people for long-term, so it was really important for us not to how you center it deep. It's like you have the base to learn a lot of skill set, and we are going to iterate. I'm semi-technical. I get junior people, and I kind of manage them. That didn't go well, because at the same time, I'm a founder of a company, so I need to do sales, I need to do accounting, you know, contracts, all of those ones. My name is Reza Farahani, co-founder and president at Work From Home. This is Code Story, a podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries. Took six months moonlighting. There's nothing at the back end. Who share what it takes to change an industry. I don't exactly know what to do next. Took many goes to get right. Who built the teams that have their back. Our company is its people. The teams help each other achieve. Most proud of our team. Keeping scalability top of mind. All that infrastructure was a Yes, we've been fighting it as we grow. Total waste of time. The stories you don't read in the headlines. It's not an easy thing to achieve, Mike. Took it off the shelf and dusted it off and tried it again. To ride the ups and downs of the startup life. You need to really it's want it. not just about technology. All this and more on Code Story. I'm your host, Noah Lapart, And today, how Reza Farahani created the platform that uses real-time analytics for companies to understand their employees' experience. This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open-source edge database from the creators of LibSQL. Do you put your edge computing close to your users? You should put your data there, too. Terso makes this easy, utilizing the developer experience of SQLite. Access a free starter plan at terso.tech slash codestory. Terso, welcome to the data edge. This episode is brought to you by our friends at MemberStack. MemberStack is the fastest way for you to launch a beautiful Webflow MVP with robust authentication and smooth payments integration. Join companies like Slack and American Airlines in serving millions of members every single day. Get started for free by visiting memberstack.com slash codestory. Reza Farahani has a background in engineering and was heavily influenced by his family. In particular, his uncle was a fighter jet engineer, which he thought was the coolest job in the world. He graduated from Waterloo and became a data scientist, but eventually moved towards entrepreneurship. Outside of tech, he lives in Ontario and loves to rock climb and boulder. He enjoys the community aspect of the sport and has access to gyms and outdoor boulders where he lives. He's also passionate about food, enjoying Greek and Turkish food in Greek town where he lives. Reza and his co-founder wanted to engage workers who were working remote, productivity, mental health, etc. And they believed that these parameters were vectors in measuring the performance of remote teams. This is the creation story of Work From Homey. So Work From Homey, I mean, like that's kind of one of those words like, hey, it's a employee engagement platform for remote teams that's when we started it and that's kind of until we exit the company that was the motto of the company and what does that mean is like we try to help people in get engaged while they're working and while being away from their co-workers being remote that could be like you are working from home or a different continent doesn't matter how you get engaged to your workplace kind of and what we like our motto is like workplace is not the place it's a mindset yeah it's like being there being engaged 
that affects like kind of a lot of stuff that would be like your you know your mental health of the people or also like your productivity we totally believe that all of these ones are vectors in the same direction if i want to put it like mathematically so it's just like the mental health of people is not away from the productivity of them and like how the business operate and brings value to everyone and that was the goal of work from home when it started and until like we exited last year let's dial into the mvp so that first version of the product you created how long did it take you to build and what sort of tools did you use to bring it to life I just want to say like the whole idea it's not like hey we want to do this one and see eureka moment and let's go build it and put all the efforts around it we pivoted a lot when we were starting it and i'm a big believer of like build something quick and dirty show it to them someone see if they like it and when they can put the when they put the credit card down that's where like you know you have something and you need to like start planning around it yeah So it's like, what's the minimum effort that can take you to something presentable? The UI is pretty important, like when you're showing it. Anyway, that that's it's pretty, but more of like, hey, what the user wants is in it. So we did kind of like a couple of sketches. My co-founder, she was a UI UX designer before, did a few design on Figma, and we took that. It was me and another engineer, kind of like built everything from ground up. I want to say like not everyone loves what I'm going to say but in Firebase and the only reason is like both me and my other fellow developer we were we knew how Firebase works and how to create a quick and dirty product there on React specifically if you like you have like you want to build something UI heavy UX heavy that shows something to the customer that can log in so that was kind of the whole story Okay, let's stay on that MVP for a minute. And you're alluding to some of these at a high level, but dive into one or two of maybe the decisions you had to make with that MVP, maybe around feature limitation or approach or anything like that, and how you coped with those decisions. Yeah, you, you, what we mentioned, like, hey, Firebase has out of the box database, like a NoSQL. Just want to say, like, the product is B two B, yeah. So when it's a B two B product, you usually have, like, you need to think about different access of the user, yeah. If you think about Facebook, like creating something like B two C is Facebook, it has one user. Everyone you log in, you have everything. But when you come to B two B, is like you have this concept of organization. And on the back side of it, you usually have something called super admin, which means like, hey, the super admin, I'm the person who developed the product, the company who developed the product. I want to give access to some. take access to someone or update something on the platform when we started it we didn't want to deal with any of this yeah because this like you know the uh, permission management is big problem and we don't want to do it in mvp right away and the super admin that become an issue because i didn't want to develop a ui for like my co-founder the business people to go and change the stuff there so they kind of like that's a little a secret was like the whole backend of the database of one pieces that we need to change often it was google sheet it could be airtable anything so the user could log in and change the stuff not our user but people inside the company but it would change effect directly inside the platform uh, so the mvp was like let's build something that has something that has added value for the user let's decide what exactly we need to do we should do this one like we are doing authentication on google firebase it's going to be here and it's fine even if we go to a 1 million user yeah but this super admin thing is not a problem yeah we can go change it we can go rewrite it there is not going to have like a lot of consequence down the road so those type of feature and like 
design decisions like what's gonna stick with us and we need to do it right right now and what's got what we can change later on let's do it sloppy let's do it quick let's do it as fast as possible uh, so we have something that put i can put in front of the users this episode is encrypted by cypherstash data breaches are becoming a fact of life know why one of the reasons is because developers lack the right tooling to get the job done i.e. encryption at rest tools are complex and inadequate. The solution? Encryption in use with Cypherstash. Cypherstash uses searchable encryption in use technology, providing continuous and universal protection for sensitive data. With Cypherstash, you can turn your existing database into a vault, utilizing zero-trust key management, SQL native, and with no code. Though encryption is complicated, Cypherstash is easy to use. The tool fully supports SQL via a drop-in driver replacement, supporting the query types you know and love today. And did we mention it's fast? For queries over 100 million records, you can expect additional overhead of less than one millisecond. It's a no-brainer. Get started by reviewing their docs or downloading sample projects in Rails or Node plus SQLize today. Visit cypherstash.com slash codestory and get started protecting your data. This episode is supported by Treble. This day and age, APIs are a fact of life. And as such, product and engineering teams need tooling that is lightweight, real-time, and data-rich to help them ship and maintain APIs faster. That's where Treble comes in. Treble is an all-in-one platform for the entire API lifecycle. The product offers world-class monitoring and observability, providing more than 40 data points for each request, enabling you to understand everything from performance to user behavior. Dashboards help connecting your entire team for lifecycle collaboration. Documentation is automatically generated, saving massive amounts of time for your development team with every new release. And setting up Treble? Super easy and fast. In three simple steps, you can be up and running with their platform. Their pricing is designed to support API teams of all sizes. So get started with Treble today and automate your API ops. Did I mention they have a free forever plan? Find out more by visiting treble.com slash codestory. That's T-R-B-L-L-E dot com slash codestory. Okay, so you've got your MVP. It's working. How did you progress the product from there and mature it? And what I'm curious about there is how you built your roadmap how you went about deciding, okay, this is the next most important thing to build or to address with Work From Homey. The development is the most expensive thing that you are spending money on in a B2B startup, yeah? So how to be frugal there is really important. So I wouldn't develop anything that is not needed by the customer. We know how the product looks like in a year, but kind of what product looks like in the next month is getting decided by the customer, yeah? And we kind of like had always been in touch with the customer, like waiting for them to ask for a feature. If we had asked enough or we had like conviction that this is going to be the feature, that would have come to our feature list. So we wanted to make sure if a feature gets released today, it's going to be used tomorrow, yeah? And that was the feature we are going to develop immediately. So in a short term, like we have long-term vision, we know where we are going. So we kind of mix what is our long-term vision. But more importantly, the features developed today are the ones that we knew immediately they have added value. And to find out what immediately adds value is the only way to find that out is talking to customer. So the second thing that you need to know besides talking to customer is heavy analytical tool 
that tells you how the user uses the product yeah that could be like you have the video recording of it you could be like mix panel your database like a lot of sources there but that's how you like mixture of these inputs would be an output of what's gonna happen in my next sprint what you're talking about is you know building what is right for the customer and to do that you have to you have to have the right team in place so tell me about how you built your team and what did you look for in those people to indicate that they were the winning horses to join you that's something that i made a lot of mistakes around it from the perspective of what you are developing and what we are developing we are hiring for a long-term purpose like we are not hiring for what we can do in the next two weeks or two months my thought process like i'm hiring this person for the next two years at least or like even more so who i'm willing to invest in and work with that would be with me for the next few years yeah i know a lot of people like don't talk really nice about like you know i'm answering algorithmic question and i go to work and i like need to center a div or something it's like that's full of these memes but the algorithmic question is like tells you how a pro- person does the problem solving yeah how how strong is are the basis of a developer so going through that one like we want people for long term so it was really important for us not to how you center a div it's like you have the base to learn a lot of skill set and we are going to iterate I'm semi-technical, I get junior people, and I kind of manage them. That didn't go well, because at the same time, I'm a founder of a company, so I need to do sales, I need to do, like, you know, take care of the operation, accounting, you know, contracts, all of those ones. So that was a kind of the premise that I was fully wrong about it. I didn't have time to train my team and, like, save money there. So then later on, we moved to a mix of senior and junior people and plus just making sure everyone that's coming coming for a long term and that was kind of become the sacred success of our dev team that were developing value like a sprint after a sprint month over month and like you know quarter over quarter this episode was automatically optimized by cast if you run cloud native software on aws google cloud or azure you know how out of hand the bill can get this uncertainty hurts your business, but you can solve it with Cast AI. Cast AI automates cloud cost, performance, and security management for hundreds of companies of all sizes. The platform's customers begin saving immediately and cut an average of over 60%. So before you go and sign a multi-year contract with a cloud provider or lay people off, check out what Cast AI can do for you. To get you saving even faster, CastAI is offering a free cloud cost audit with a personal consultation. Visit cast.ai slash codestory to get started. This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open source edge database from the creators of LibSQL, the popular fork of SQLite. If you put your edge computing close to your users, like with Netlify or Vercel edge functions or Cloudflare workers, you should put your data there too in order to maximize performance gains at the edge. Terso makes it easy. With a developer experience of SQLite in a distributed database, you can replicate much closer to your users than traditional database offerings in the cloud. Terso's lightweight, easy to use, and free to get started. The team at Terso is offering a generous starter plan specifically for CodeStory listeners. Head over to terso.tech slash CodeStory and get started today. That's T-U-R-S-O dot tech 
slash code story. Terso, welcome to the Data Edge. Let's flip to scalability. When you built this initially, was it built with scale in mind from day one? Or did you have to fight this as you grow in any sort of capacity? And I could make my own inferences from what you've said, but I want to hear what you have to say. We had a different product that going on and like different features that going on. So some sometimes we were lucky and everything worked out and sometimes it didn't. So but everything that was in the mindset that what are the pieces that if I hit the scale, I can go and fix them. And what are the parts that are like need to be a scalable from this moment? Yeah, because if we go further on, that would be a huge undertake fix. Yeah, so. We always had that in mind. And until uh, there was this product kind of like, again, come from customers. Like if you have this, I'm buying it. And it was a big customer and it was in our roadmap. It was a Slack app. We went through it, we did it, it worked for them. But suddenly app was such a hit. Again, like we didn't come up with the idea, the customer came and we did it and for them. And it was such a hit, it suddenly create bottleneck in our platform but we weren't ready to scale that fast. And that create the whole thing was like, I don't know how much I can get to the details of it, like technically, but you know, the response time from Slack is a little slower. So if you send something and come back, it could get timed out. And just like, we went through the whole, like a storm of like fixing bugs, like four or three sprints right after each other. So you do your best that you have a scaling mind. And sometimes it goes wrong and you need to start uh, putting down the fires, yeah? So you do your best. Sometimes it works. Most of the time it doesn't. So as you step out on the balcony, you look across all that you've built. What are you most proud of? Actually, this is the product that went wrong and the scaling. And honestly, that was one of those things that from the ground up came from the conversation with the customer. The customer gave us the idea. The customer gave us like different customer gave us like feature requests. And as we move forward, I could like we had this panel for the audience. They don't know. It's like kind of like shows the usage inside your product. Yeah. Like who came in, who used it. And we saw this like a hockey stick on the usage of that product. And Omani is all good and fun. But honestly, like the joy that you get that the people are using your product is something else, you know? So imagine your teammate did something great and it's like in a Slack, you have these commands, commands that you can do forward the slash, like forward the slash, kudos, and Noah, great at the new podcast that you did. That was the whole thing. And it was a meme showed up that would congratulate you and your team could celebrate the whole win. And there was at the end of the month, we had a, like a gamification that shows who got the most kudos, who sent the most kudos. And we called them like the cheerleader or the, the hero. And that whole gamification around the kudos, everything was in it iterative. And we could saw how stuff worked out as we released feature by feature. So yeah, I feel like that was my most proud moment at work from home. Let's flip the script a little bit. So tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. And I heard you speaking of, of hiring mistakes. It could be that, could be anything you want to throw in there. When we developed Kudos, but it was on Firebase. So like the technical mistake on like design of the architecture. When we started the conversation around that, it's like we did the architecture design. We needed to use very simple, like we have serverless platform like AWS or you get a dedicated server. What does it mean? It's like, hey, they give you computation power when you need, or they give you a dedicated 
machine always running. Yeah. As we didn't know the requirement for Slack as detailed as we needed to, if we knew it, probably like, or someone experienced was on the team that have worked with this one, or we have talked with someone that was experienced, we wouldn't make this mistake to go with something serverless at that point. So that was the issue. It went, it didn't scale as we wanted. So we needed to migrate everything to a dedicated server. The way that we solve it is that I was lucky to have very super smart people in our team. From that team, we have someone who now doing like PhD in MIT, someone else working in infrastructure in Meta. You know, the team was very competent. I had a mistake that I hired Junior later on if I fixed it. And that was kind of like having these people there with me trying to solve this problem like uh, was very helpful. So having the team. The second piece was I learned from the before that from the moment that we start working on this one, it's like I want information about everything. So we brought different analytical tool inside our product. So we know exactly right away where we are hitting the issue. Now it's time for problem solving. What's the fastest way? What's the most vigilant way to move from this pro like this solution to the next solution without much of an interruption? And at the same time, what is the long-term plan? So we kind of like start patching stuff. At the same time, we're developing something that fully replaced the previous solution. So you want the short-term, medium, and long-term solution when we are tackling that problem. And kind of the last thing is like how we make sure we don't make this mistake again. Okay, this will be interesting given you mentioned that there's an exit. So... What does the future look like for work from homey for your team and for you? The, the exit come from the perspective that we were doing something I would say auxiliary in HR. I would like maybe that's not the right word, but yeah. So we were doing like if you think about HR, there are three things that are core: HRIS systems, payroll, and uh, hiring. We weren't doing any of that, yeah? So technically, we had in our plan to do one of those because that's where you like kind of hit the deck accord status. You want to be the broker of record. You want to be one of these three elements. And when it came to the acquisition, we were a strategic buyer for GoCo, which GoCo was doing the you know core HR product. So it was a very good buyer for them because they, they get us that they could release it like as a new product to all of their customer. For us was in a situation that we need to go raise the next round. So either we need to build them or they need to buy us to make sure this happens. Yeah. We did that and after we left, like obviously like for a few months, like a couple of months you have transitionary period. We had this deal like hey uh, everyone who wants who can join Goko or want to leave. I was really passionate to start my next solution, so I kind of like was not a part of the team that joined Goko. Some team members did, and some team members that were like up to the new venture left. So we had a good uh, mix of people joining and not joining. Yeah. So let's switch to you, Reza. Who influences the way that you work? Name a person, or many persons, or something you look up to, and why. I was lucky through my life. I faced a lot of competent, like successful, or like the people who were to do stuff in the right way. So I can say, like, even like when I joined my first job in uh, Canada, there was this a startup called like Tangem Gaming, and I think they changed it to Tangem Systems. I don't know, one of them. And like the startup was a few new grad, specifically that was like for gaming companies. Like, I mean. 
mostly like casinos or like table games companies. And when I look at to their product, when I was working there, it's like kind of like the way they build it was super interesting. They just build features after features after features, just making sure they are solving the right problem. Like you could see like some of the stuff like, hey, their optimization takes a day and a half to run. They were looking for solving the problem in not in the best solution. They were looking for the best solution. They were looking for a solution for now, yeah? And that kind of influenced me later on that I was working for work from home because the best solution can take you to this rabbit hole that you never come out and you never have a solution at the end, yeah? Last question, Reza. So you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off to the world. And can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person having gone down this road a bit? solve for customers problem yeah it's like what is the problem understand it deeply and just make sure as soon as you have something show it to them it's like does this solve your problem just like find a problem solve it show it to the customer and see if they want it and that way like most of the the products that i know and the most successful businesses that i've seen is built in the same way that's fantastic advice well reza thank you for being on the show today thank you for telling the creation story and exit of work from homey it was a great conversation and this concludes another chapter of code story Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Laphart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big-